Hello and welcome back to another episode of Developmental Disabilities Association's Encouraging Abilities podcast. I am your host, DDA Communications Manager, Evan Kelly. Joining me today is the City of Vancouver's Accessibility Planner, Karen Lai. Karen has worked in accessibility and inclusion consultation for over 20 years. Now, as someone with cerebral palsy, Karen brings a lived experience to her work and an understanding of the limitations that society places on people with disabilities. She has previously done work which helped some people with disabilities integrate into workplaces. She runs her own consulting firm where she ran workshops and developed budgets for inclusion initiatives and worked with many nonprofits to improve their accessibility. She holds a master's degree in human kinetics from UBC and she was also nominated for the Women of Distinction 2020 Award by the YWCA of Metro Vancouver. So thanks for joining me today, Karen. Thank you for the invitation. Now, we'll get to inclusion and accessibility in a moment, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I was born and raised in Vancouver, and I have been, you know, doing much work in including an accessibility that's what I do for work. Um, but at the first one, I enjoy be, um, hanging out in the outdoors with my friends and going for long bike rides with my um, bike. Um, but yeah, I've been in the field of inclusion and accessibility for well over 20 years, and I'm continually learning about this area. Okay. So in, in sort of in a nutshell, Karen, what does accessibility mean to you? Well, accessibility means to me is more than the built environment. And once you get in the door, are you able to feel like you didn't matter? Like, do you have a role in the decision making? Do you have a role in the workplace? So it's more than just physically getting in the door. It's it's getting the what role to play in the largest game of community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just it. I mean, it's it's you know that whole thing. Nothing about us without us. You know, making sure that that anything that is created accessible is created from those with disabilities, their point of view. Right, right. And it's also about do you feel valued? Do you feel belong? Mm. And it's not just about your own physical space, but also do you have an opportunity to go in other people's houses, but total inclusion. So um, it's also... And accessibility from a community perspective, not just at the places where you move around, 
but do you have the ability to go over to a friend's place or mm-hmm. whatever? Because those need to be accessible as well. Yeah, like everything. And, you know, I've been talking a lot um, about accessibility with, with other uh, uh, people on this podcast and how uh, even businesses need to be more accessible because if, if, if you can't get people into your store, you're not selling as much as you can. There's a huge motivation for businesses just by themselves to be accessible to everyone. Totally, yeah. I agree. Now, I I took a little line from your LinkedIn page. You say inclusion is a two-way street. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, I think think we we all have a role to play in advocating. The the, um, one individual that knows me the best. Is myself. So we, I have a role to play in telling others what kind of needs I have, what support I need, what, how do you work with me? So that's my role, and it's the other people's role to create a culture of welcomeness. Mm-hmm. You allow me to tell you what I need. There is a two-way street in that we both need to work together to create a environment where we all can work well together. Though we both have a role to play. And and how do you think that conversation is going over the you know when you look back on your life and what you've managed to accomplish to accomplish in spite of a disability, do you think that conversation you know with people like me who who don't identify uh, with a disability, do you think that conversation is getting better? Do you think the messages are getting out there? Do you think the support is improving? I think as a physical activity. Physical sensibility is relatively well. It's not perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we have a long way to go in terms of attitude, um, in terms of accepting the culture. It is about accepting the culture. Slowing mm-hmm. down your pace. Um, we live in such a fast big world. And in slowing down and really building that relationship and really getting to know people and connecting with people. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it growing. It's increasing by small increments. Um, and it also depends on the person as well. We're all human beings with so much complexity to each individual. We carry so many complex identities. 
and they fainted from people to people. Um, now, going back, you, you did your studies in human kinetics, and you've got a master's in that from UBC. How did that alter the way you view your own disability? Um, I think it advanced it because I really thought, uh, before I did my master's, I really struggled with the word inclusion. And what it means to feel included, mm-hmm. and um, I I really believed that inclusion was about putting everyone in one room, no matter what their disability is, and just building a program from that from one room. Mm-hmm. But because we because in the best, I learned from my master's about intersectionality and how we're so complex beings that putting one, putting everyone in one room is not inclusive. Because how can you have one program that meets every Every person single, every person needs. It's not possible to have one program meeting everybody's needs. Um, so I think inclusion is very much individual based. And um, I learned that inclusion is much more complex. Mm-hmm. than what we think. Yeah, with all the, you know, in the intersectionalities that are happening uh, in and around that does make that a much, much more complex thing. But, you know, sort of going back to accessibility, which is, you know, what you, you like to, to talk about is um, the idea uh, of uh, universal design. Now, you, you just mentioned that um, inclusion can be a, a very individual thing. If we're talking about accessibility... Do you think universal design is is really possible, or can we just only hope to get as close as we can? I I think there's so much more work that can be done, but that's just a baseline. Universal design, I don't think... I mean, what is an invisible city? I don't even know what that means. Because an accessible study can mean one thing to me and one thing to a different person. So um, I think universal design is a good goal to reach to, and then we need to do more. So we should be a little bit realistic about that, I guess. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, I want to ask you something else before we start getting into, you know, your work with the city is uh, I, I, I don't know what is ad- adventure therapy and what does it offer that other kinds of therapies don't? Adventure therapy is the power of the outdoor. So what, what does one put in 
um, than the being on a outdoor trip. There's so much I used to work with adaptive kayaking, um, adaptive skiing, where people with disabilities or everyone can gain confidence by being in the outdoors. There's, there's something better about being in the outdoors where you learn skills um, and you learn how to create new opportunities. Just from being creative and working beyond the um, box. Um, and you learn, you always learn something new from being in the outdoors and with each other. So um, that's what that would be mean to me. And, and you find that more, you know, as for for someone with a disability, is that a more effective therapy than other other things you've done? It, it definitely did did wonders for my life. I won't be the other people's life. Um, it definitely brought out new perspective of how I defined my own disability and how I determine new new ways of learning about myself and about my own disability with the power of the outdoors. Sounds good. That sounds really good. I mean, it's it's. It, it, I think you know. I've, we see a lot of uh, different um, things now in the outdoors, and it's just so nice to see even the outdoors, not just buildings we build that are becoming more inclusive for everybody. But now switching to the city of Vancouver, where you find yourself, um, like a number of other municipalities across Canada right now, they're developing accessibility strategies. DDA, we've got uh, a member of our staff who's involved in Vancouver's consultation process. Uh, the strategy, as I understand, is now in its second stage. So tell me how and why this whole accessibility strategy came about. Well, so firstly, the, the provincial BD government um, passed the Accessible BD Act in back in 2021, where it mandated all of the prescribed organizations, meaning municipalities, to meet three requirements. To have an accessibility plan, to have an accessibility committee, and a public feedback mechanism. Vancouver was one of the first municipalities to start accessibility uh, conservation way before the Accessible BC Act came into play. It was directed from council in 2018 
to develop an acceptability strategy, and it also um, mandated us to put together an accessibility task force. And it is made up of people with lived experience um, with from two of our council committees. And then um, the task force would guide the development of the accessibility strategy. So um, between 2018 to 2020, to 2022, we developed the phase one of the accessibility strategy, mm-hmm. and now we're working on phase two. So, what was the goal of phase one? Do I do highlight? different focus areas and also to create a um, comprehensive city-wide accessibility strategy so we can we can support fellow city workers and community to look at um you look at the built environment, housing, communicating from an accessibility level. So it was divided into eight different focus areas and they range from built environment, transportation, housing, information and communication, employment, Government and engagement, capacity and collaboration, and then advocacy and working with other orders of government along with other agencies. So those are the eight different focus areas. And then um, there was back to department. Um, came up with high-level action, action items to increase accessibility. Now, is that mainly to provide um, guidelines for, for um, city staff and city infrastructure, or is it really to make sure that, that we've got bricks and mortar and, and making physical changes to things? It's really both. And then Faith June is kind of building the multi year action plan. So we don't really know how, what are the details of each action item. And that will come later on in the state. But mainly it's a guide of where they where departments are working towards the accessibility in the city of Vancouver. Uh, now, you know, even just going back a little bit, I know you're you're working on this accessibility strategy parts one and two. Um, 
where do you see room for improvement in the city of Vancouver's approach to accessibility? I I think you know city of Vancouver and we have done so many things to increase accessibility, but at the same time we have a long way to go. And in creating that culture sense of automatically thinking about people with disabilities and how we do our engagement, how we do our design of buildings, how we design public space. So it's building that culture of how do we meet the needs of people with disabilities? Now, so I mean, at, at the end of at the end of the day, a lot of this just comes down to prevailing attitudes about people with de- developmental or disabilities of any kind, really. That that somehow they're less, that they're not worthy of taking these things into current consideration. Would you say that's correct? Depends on the people, you know. And it, yes, I think we have a long way to go in attitudes and changing the narrative of people with disabilities. But we also have done a lot in terms of educating. Like we have a new staff training of disability awareness. We are getting there, but still we have a long way to go. Now, say the city of Vancouver granted you an unlimited budget and total creative control. What's a, a dream project you would love to undertake? I would really love to work with the ultimate change makers. How do we build a culture of vulnerability and meet people where they're at? You know, I mean, you mm-hmm. talk about attitudes. You talk about people thinking less than or ableism. And I would really love to work with senior leaders in terms of how do we really and truly embed a culture of kindness, a culture of vulnerability, so that it would trickle down to how we automatically think of everyone? Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, that's a big mountain to move. I think totally. Is. You know, and, and so in your work advocating for inclusion, what approach do you take towards people who are re- resistant or skeptical to some of these changes? You know, I, I like to meet people with curiosity. And I like to say, you know, why? And come up with a mind of wonder and they why are there some aspects 
you don't like or what what is that that makes you think like this? Because we can never we can never assume why they are rejected the camp. It may be some traumatic event that they were in. It may be just of the culture. It may be just of whatever reason. Um, so right now, are there any City of Vancouver projects you're particularly excited about outside of the accessibility strategy? Well, I don't really know how to answer that because um, accessibility strategy is my main project. So I can't really tell you what are my other projects. Um, accessibility is all that I do. But I do enjoy working with other departments. I do enjoy w- working with them to shift their narrative of people with disabilities and working with other departments. Do you have any final thoughts on accessibility and how Vancouver and British Columbia in general is doing when it comes to accessibility? You know, having been born and raised here and having a very, um, you know, limited experience in terms of travel, um, as Gordon to me, I think Vancouver, city of Vancouver is on the right track. Um, we have a long way to go, but um, I think slowly but surely. Yes, and I think, I mean, I think attitudes here are typic- typically a little bit better than other parts of the world from what I've seen. Um, but, you know, on, on a more deeper personal level, level, do you feel included here? I've worked really hard to develop a community of friends and um, family to feel included. I've worked really hard in terms of myself and where my disability and how my disability plays out in my own life. So, speaking for me, I worked really hard to do that. And then from, from how I terms my disability in my own life, I could build a community that I feel included. That but that took a long time to do that. So now I feel included, but it took a long time. So I want to thank you for joining us today and, and uh, talking about uh, some exciting things you're working on with the city of Vancouver. 
Uh, you have been listening to DDA's Encouraging Abilities podcast. Our guest today, if you're listening to, is Karen Lai. She's the accessibility planner with the city of Vancouver, where she's making great strides in improving inclusion and accessibility in the, for the disability community here in British Columbia. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. And it was a great opportunity to talk to you. Thank you very much. I'm Evan Kelly, DDA Communications Manager. We'll see you next time.